Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter to you. He is risen. Yes, he has. Let's all stand together and we will begin worshiping. I've called your name some broken night. When you showed up and patched me up like you do every time. I get amnesia. I forget that you keep coming around. And you know. Did everybody remember? Oh, well, obviously you remember to get here by nine, so that was good. Did you have a nice? Did anybody see the sunrise? It's beautiful. Oh, so pretty. We saw the sunrise, right? We saw the sunrise. <laughs> 
So we've been enjoying Jesus since 7 this morning. So we're going to catch you guys up now. All right? So we're going to continue to worship. Shame is a prison as cruel as the grave. Shame is a robber and he's come to take my name. Oh, love is my redeemer, lifting me up from the ground. Love is the power where my freedom song is found. There ain't no
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we just want to, we want to thank you for what you've done. Lord, we get to celebrate you today. And know that people go to Israel all the time to see where you could have been buried, where your tomb could have been. And Lord, it doesn't matter where you were buried because you're not there. You're here with us, moving among us. And Lord, we ask your spirit to come in here this morning. Take over. We are your people. And Lord, we love you. We thank you for taking care of us. We thank you that this year we get to be together instead of separated. Lord, we thank you that you loved us enough to leave heaven and come here and walk among your people and know what hurt feels like and no pain in order to come here and completely sacrifice yourself because you loved us no matter what. And you don't keep a record of wrong. So it doesn't matter what we've done. We can come to you. We can come to the foot of the cross. We can come and sit in this room. And if all we can get out is some help, or all we can get out is Jesus, you know our hearts. You know what's going on. You care for us personally. And in a big way, you want to love us and you want relationships. So thank you for being a personal God that knows every detail of each person in this room, what they're going through, what their heart feels, their struggles, their sin, and you still hold your arms out wide, and this time, it's to embrace us. We love you, Lord. We thank you so much for all you've done. We ask you to be here feel welcome in this place, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.
Yeah. 
given to you before or needed it. Man, I've needed it multiple times. Can't even count it. And he still comes back and gives it to me over and over. And I just run to his feet. Now, I'm not scared to go when I know, oh Lord, I blew it again. I just run up to him. He picks me up dusts off my backside and says, let's try this again. He's a good God. He loves us so much. And he's always, always there. Every time I try to make it on Every time I try to stand, I start to fall. And all those lonely roads that I have traveled on, there was Jesus. When the light my bill came crashing to the ground, and the friends I
Happy Easter. Can I get the uh, ushers up here, please? All right, right now in Israel, they're celebrating Bikurim. It's a feast of the first fruits. They're giving their tithes and offerings and everything they have to God in thanks and gratitude for the promise that he fulfilled. Today we gather today to give our praise and thanks to God for the first fruits that he gave to us. Amen? Amen. So we're going to offer up our tithes and offerings and our gratitude and thankfulness for the Lord that we love and he loves us. Dear Father, we thank you for this beautiful and wonderful day that you've given for your son who is a blessing to all creation, Lord. We offer up our tithes and offerings to you and we ask that you bless it, magnify it, and use it in his name. We love you and we thank you. Amen.
morning, church. On this Resurrection Sunday, it is good to know that we are here, and we are here for Jesus, and for Jesus alone, amen? We are thankful for the sacrifice that our Lord has made for us, and we are thankful for the opportunity to be able to come here to worship, to give of ourselves, and uh, man, God is good. God is good. Let's, uh, let's put the spotlight on, no, not on me, on Jesus, and let's pray. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you, God, that you are already in this place. We thank you, Lord, that you are uh, just uh, speaking to hearts. God, I already sense right now your spirit heavy upon me. I pray for the same for each person here. I pray, God, that there will be just uh, an amount of uh, strength that just flows from you in ways that challenges us and encourages us and inspires us, Lord, like maybe never before. God, I pray and welcome your spirit into this place. And we thank you, God, Father, for giving us your son. And we thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice that you made for us. And today we are here to celebrate and thank you and lay down our lives for you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And together we say, amen. If you would turn in your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 24, we're going to be gathering together there. But I want to tell you this morning as we begin, uh, there is a, a word that if you get nothing else out of this morning that I want you to hear and understand, and that is this and this primarily, I need Jesus and nothing else. Be careful before you say amen. I need Jesus and nothing else. You see, 2,000 years ago, there was a group of disciples that would tell you they need Jesus. They would share with you, I need Jesus. I need, I, I, I'm so thankful to be his disciple. I'm so thankful to be following Jesus. But then they would say, and I need him to do. Have you been there? I have. Oh, Jesus, I, if I can have you just do this for me, my life would be good. If I could just have this happen in my, in my world or in, in for me and, and, and for my family, then uh, But here's something that God has taught me, whether I've lived in a large home, had a large salary at a church or a small salary, that no matter what, all I need is Jesus and nothing else. Because if we begin to add anything to Jesus, if we have a Jesus and mentality, I'm going to tell you we need to be very careful because when we add the and to that mentality, then we're going to miss out just like they did 2,000 years ago on what Jesus was doing in their midst. Can you imagine after walking with Jesus for so long and for so much time, for three years at least, and seeing the great miracles and the wonderful things that he did, that when he died, and the greatest event in history, in the history of the world, when Jesus died and he was resurrected, do you, can you imagine that those that followed him almost missed it? It's hard to believe, isn't it? 
It says in Luke chapter 24, verse 1, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and they went to the tomb and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. When, when we read that, the first thing that you and I would think, I, I believe, because we have the, the advantage of having hindsight, the first thing we think, hey, he's risen. He's risen indeed. Amen. I mean, he's risen. He's risen indeed. We, we would be just jumping up and down. This is so good. But here is the thing is that when they said, I believe in Jesus, they, they had added an and. Now, Judas, his and was, well, and my agenda. And his agenda was, well, if he would just do it like this. And, and, and if he would do it, like, if he doesn't do it like this, I'm going to force his hand. He will do what I want him to do. Jesus, you're going to do what I'm asking. I will even hand you over so that you can do what we want you to do. You know, he represented the zealots so well. And they were a nationalist group. And they just believed that Jesus was there to raise a nation up. His and caused him to miss what Jesus was doing. so grieved that the next scene we see of Judas is he's hanging. Judas was hanging from a tree. Oh, don't add an and where Jesus puts a period because Jesus is enough. Amen? Oh. During his time on earth, Jesus spoke of his death and his resurrection, but his disciples didn't get it. When he died, they didn't say, okay, everything's going to be all right. Because remember that Jesus told us that he's going to die and he's going to come back to life. He's going to die. He's going to be risen from the dead. Some of them, you know, they, they didn't know what to think. They scattered. Some of them went back to fishing. Uh, one committed suicide. It, it's clear by their actions that they didn't expect Jesus to rise from the dead because they couldn't get past their end. Mormon church would say, oh, yeah, we believe in Jesus and the Book of Mormon. <laughs> I've known good friends who would say, well, I, yeah, I believe in Jesus and I believe in my financial security. <laughs> That's why maybe only three of my classmates are still in ministry. I believe in Jesus and I believe in the American dream. I believe in Jesus and I believe that I should have this job. I believe in Jesus and my agenda. Oh, we've got to be careful, church. Because Jesus rose from the dead not for your and, and certainly not for my and. He rose from the dead to say, I am your everything. And in that, we should take pride. We should rejoice. We would say, hallelujah, Jesus, you are my everything. Everything. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you did for us. Because 
I don't know about you this Easter, but for me this Easter, I can tell you that Jesus is enough. I thank you, by the way. Man, what a good crowd that we have early in the morning to celebrate our Lord. What a great group. Our, our team this morning, our worship team here at 7 o'clock or earlier, Lori made breakfast. I mean, she was like, it, it just, but here's the reason why we get up in the morning. It's for Jesus. Here's the reason why we sing. We sing for Jesus. Here's the reason why we worship. We worship Jesus and him alone. The Gospel of Luke, it begins with this story. And it says on that first day of the week, the women went. They had their spices prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And again, we would think they know what's going on here because Jesus told them. But they were still stuck in their ands. Does that make sense? While they were wondering, it says in verse 4, while they were wondering about all of this, when they didn't find the body of the Lord, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning. Could you imagine? <laughs> gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, because they were still wondering, what in the world is going on? In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do we look for the living among the dead? You know what I would like to hear sometime from our, our just as a, as a, in our world, just from our world leaders, from our, our, our pastors, from, from why are we looking for the living among the dead? There are so many things, you know, I, and I'm just, I'm just as guilty, so please, be gracious with me. But I mean, when I, you know, you ask, hey, God, I have a question about God. I'm going to Google it. I'll just Google it. And 23 billion answers come from the dead. You want the real answer? Go here. You want the real answer? Get in prayer. You want the real answer? Seek Jesus and him alone. Some of us have been so disappointed this year, and I understand. We've been disappointed with leaders, and we've been disappointed with all oh, just life in general and, and, and just ways and directions that things are happening. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm not so disappointed anymore because I have found true life in Christ. I'm not so disappointed anymore because Jesus has taken care of my disappointments. resurrection power when you can look in the face of death and say oh I'm not worried about that because I've already found the living why are you looking for the living who are among the dead have you been there I tell you I, I love uh, how, how this comes about and how Luke brings this perspective to us because he's reminding us that just like these women who came to the tomb on Sunday morning weren't expecting a an encounter with the risen Savior. There are so many sometimes that are just, we are, we are just so wrapped up in these dead linens. 
these things that have bound us for years, these hurts, these pains, these, this world, which is not our home, by the way. Not, not mine. <laughs> they expected Jesus to be dead. They expected him to stay dead. They brought spices with them to anoint his body, so it would take a little longer, maybe, for it to decompose. To them, to these two ladies, he wasn't the risen Messiah. He was a dead rabbi. They didn't go to the tomb to celebrate the resurrection. They went to the tomb to mourn his death. And they were looking for him in the wrong place. They looked for him among dead people, but he wasn't dead. The man at that tomb said to him, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. This is good news. This is why we celebrate. This is what Easter is really about. We often do the same thing in our lives, so we can, again, seek the living among the dead. Maybe if I just have another drink, it'll make me feel better. Maybe a few more of those pills. Maybe just one more hit of this. Maybe if I just got that promotion, I, I feel so much better. Maybe if I, you just name it. Why are we looking for the living among the dead? Do you want to be happy for an hour? Go after we're done here. Go down to the springs. Buy yourself a big juicy porterhouse. You want to be happy for an hour? Do that. You want to be happy for a week? Go take a cruise. They're actually even booking, even in the midst of this. <laughs> if, if you want to be happy for a month, go buy a new car tomorrow morning. If you want to be happy for a year, buy a new house. But if you want to be happy for a lifetime, and if you want to be happy for eternity, then you better give it all to Jesus. He better be your everything. There's a man I met years ago, and it, it seemed like a chance meeting. I was sitting in a place where he was sitting alongside of me, and we just struck up a conversation his name was Carl. I only met him once, and I, and I never met him again. But he and I just noticed that there was something a little bit different about each one of us. And, and we realized it was that we both knew the risen Savior as our Lord. And so we were sitting there together in this waiting area. And his name is Carl, and he said, uh, oh, my wife has an appointment, uh, you know. And, and uh, he said, uh, I, I'm, I'm here just waiting on her. And we began to strike up a conversation. He said, can I tell you? my testimony, and Carl began to tell me his testimony, and he says, I, I had I just uh, not long ago, we, ha we had this appointment where I was sitting in a place kind of like this, and it was, we were waiting on an attorney uh, to speak to me and my wife, and he said, as this last-ditch effort, he said, uh, at the time that she, his wife had talked to him and talked to him about, well, you know what, uh, uh, we, we need to just end this marriage, it's a shame. They were ready to get divorced. They had each had affairs. One had had an affair first. The other, in retaliation, also had an affair. And, 
and, and, and they felt bad. They both felt awful, but they had destroyed their trust in one another. And Carl, he sincerely said he wanted to reconcile, but, but he said, uh, he said the, the more he tried, the more it just failed and the worse it got. And he said, she was driving me away with her anger, and I was driving her away with my jealousy. And during this time, he said, you're not going to believe this, he said, but I, he was telling me, he said, but I got this crazy email. He said, I remember it to this day. And he was telling me about how Jesus had changed things. But he said, but I got this email. And he said, and it says, revitalize your marriage. And he said, it was in the headline of, of the email. And he said, man, I was so interested. He said, I would have just given anything to just find life back in my marriage. And he said, so I clicked on that email, and he said, sure enough, it was an advertisement for, we have kids here, for, for a little blue pill. He said, that's the last thing my marriage need. <laughs> he and his wife also saw marriage counselors together or separately. And he said, well, I began to just make plans for this new chapter in my life as a single father. They had that appointment, he said, as he was sitting there, just like this time that I'm having with you right now. And, and he said, we had this appointment together. And, and he said, but here's the thing. He said, I knew that I needed something that would fill the void in my life. And it wasn't my wife. It wasn't even my marriage. He said, I was adding an Anne. He said, my, my Anne was always my marriage. If I could get this together, then everything would be perfect. But he said... I didn't realize at the time, but Jesus was drawing me to him. So he said, as a last-ditch effort, his wife talked him into going to his parents' church, or her parents' church, excuse me. He said, desperate for anything, he said, I just agreed. He said, and of all the subjects, he said, the pastor <laughs> could preach on that Sunday morning, he said, I remember exactly what the topic was, how to save your marriage. He said that morning, he said, I don't even remember what he preached on, you know. But he said when the pastor gave the invitation to come forward, he said, my, me and my wife, we grabbed hands and we walked to the altar and we kneeled down and he said, we both gave our lives to Jesus Christ and Jesus, he said, gave our marriage new life. But he said, I had it upside down all the time. I thought if I just got my marriage straight, then things with God or and all that other stuff would get. But he said, I had to realize first that I had to get everything right with Jesus before anything in my life would have peace. months, Carl and his wife had been seeking the living among the dead. <laughs> they had been trying to bring life into their marriage without going to the source of life. I'm going to tell you, don't go to the internet. I mean, don't go. I, you're going to hear this from many pastors. Don't even come to me first. Go to Jesus. And if I tell you anything that doesn't match up with what Jesus says, do not listen to me. Listen to Jesus because all we need is They continued on, and as they continued on, they, it, it says that, why do you look for the living among the dead? And then in verse 6, he, he is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered 
his words. They had an aha moment. Have you ever had that in your life with the Lord? An aha moment? I've had a lot of aha moments. Maybe it's because I'm so hip in the head, but, uh, but I have those. <laughs> when, they, when they came back from the tomb, they, they told all these things to the 11. It was, it was Mary, Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, mother of James, and the others with them, and they told this to the apostles. But get this. The apostles did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. <laughs> can you imagine? And I can just hear the ladies there saying, yep, typical men. Never listen to us. Well, sure you. Jesus is coming back, and you're going to be in trouble, and I'm going to be okay. You could just hear the ladies saying it. You just hear it. And, I mean, when Jesus showed up, you know you had, you had to be thinking, just giggling in the background, big dummies, you know. <laughs> and I don't blame them because here's the thing. If anyone should have known, the apostles, the ones who said they followed Jesus, we follow Jesus, we love Jesus, we're all about Jesus. But guess what? When Jesus was doing what he said he was going to do for all of these years, they didn't recognize it. And, and here's the thing, and we, we live in such a different culture, but you need to understand that in this culture, women were not granted equality in any way, shape, or form. Women were not granted equality. They were not granted any type of, uh, of a word or say they couldn't testify in court. I mean, and so the fact that Jesus said, you know what, I'm going to teach these dumb, thick-skulled men a lesson, and I'm going to do it through the women well, we can all say, praise the Lord, amen. <laughs> he still does it to me through my wife all the time. <laughs> well, I tell you, I look at this and I, I think, why did it seem like nonsense? Why was that the case? In spite of the fact that he had told them, why was this the case? On at least two other occasions, Jesus told his disciples about his death, but it's still, they called it nonsense. That's the most, it's the dumbest thing you could ever say. What are you thinking, ladies? This is not, what is this, some kind of a sick joke? I want you to know today that there are going to be people in your life. They might be some people who may even claim Jesus. And you're going to tell them that Jesus has called you in this direction. Or that Jesus has said, you know, that, that this, this situation that you're going through, it's not going to end like this. That Jesus has shared that this is going to be healed, this marriage is going to be saved. Jesus has given you a promise and you just know it in your heart. And there are going to be people who are going to look at you and they're going to say, what utter nonsense. they've forgotten that our Jesus can do anything. He can do the impossible. He can raise up people from the dead and he can raise your dead situation back to life. This past Friday as we had our Good Friday service, we, we all that were here, we, we grabbed a rock and, and we wrote on that rock just some things where we just knew that God was saying, you know what, uh, 
he's going to roll the stone away on this. And, and there might have been people's past. It might have been you know, uh, someone that they're struggling with in their family. It might have been you know, something that they, they a lost or a, a, a broken dream or whatever else. But they wrote it here on the stone. And when they wrote it there, they, were like, they, they heard probably the words of people saying, oh, it's nonsense for you to think that Jesus cares enough about those details in your life. But I want you to know that Jesus does care about every detail in your life. And sometimes we don't under understand the answers that he gives. Sometimes we don't get it. Sometimes we hurt and we're in the midst of pain. But I want you to know there is coming a day where God's word, where God's return, where the glory of God will be revealed in every situation. I can't tell you how. Some people may say to you, oh, it's just, that's a nonsense. I'll never forget. I told you once before, my grandmother, she would pray and pray and pray for people. And I tell her, these people are never going to change. What are you thinking, Grandma? Why do you keep praying for them? And it's because I believe in a Jesus that can change every life. witnessed the healing, and, and we all know that there's phony and fake and all kinds of craziness that goes along with that, but this individual had truly been healed. I mean, it was just, it was just amazing. It wasn't, you know, a slap you in the head and you're falling out, shaking on the floor type of thing. It was just, they, they had gone home and they'd been praying. They're like, I know that God is going to bring healing to my life, and healing came, and one of my friends said, you know what, I don't believe it. She probably was never sick to begin with. Yeah, I just felt, you know, God doesn't work in those ways anymore. It doesn't happen like that anymore. And I had to say to this individual who I care about and who I respect, did it ever occur to you that maybe God is bigger than your theology? have a belief system, if I have a belief system that excludes God's power from working in our lives, then I better change that belief system because it's based on something different than his word. The only reason why I'm here, the only reason why I do what I do, the only reason why I walk and I live the way that I walk is because I believe in Jesus and nothing else. If my... If my Lord took my family, I still believe in Jesus. If my Lord took my health, I still believe in Jesus. If my Lord took everything else from me, I would still believe in Jesus because I believe that there is going to be a day when my only, my only focus is going to be God and God alone. And why not start right now? Amen? I don't know about you, but my Jesus is worthy. My Jesus is worthy. Sometimes it, and I, I, we have, you guys probably came because you knew this guy is going to have to stop earlier than he usually does. So you came to the first service. So I'm going to.
cut to the chase, and <laughs> we're getting here. But we, if we keep on going on, and, and we're not going to finish with these, what's happening with the ladies, but if you keep going on, you're going to find yourself in, in verse 13. And in verse 13, there's two guys, and they're walking along the road, and they're walking to a place that if you tried to find it, if you even right now, because, you know, I know how we are, if you Googled Emmaus, and you looked at the current modern-day map of Israel, you're not going to find Emmaus. You'll find a couple of churches there that are named Emmaus or something like that. But here's the thing is there's two guys, and they are right there on the road, and, and they're talking about all that's happened because Jesus has died. They're hurting. They're discouraged. It says that uh, 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 Cleopas, that his face was actually downcast because he, they were just so hurt. They were just looking down, and here came Jesus right behind them. Isn't God good? And, and here's the thing. They didn't know it was Jesus. But Jesus comes up right behind them, and they're walking and they're talking on this road to Emmaus. It was the day that Jesus had been ra- risen from the dead. It was a day of victory, but their heads were still down. They're walking this road, and they're discussing. And Jesus comes right up alongside of them, and you can read it there. He just comes alongside of them, and he says, you know, what are you guys talking about? What you doing, you know? That's what Lori would say. What you doing? You know, and so and so you know, and, and that's what Jesus does to them right there. He, he's he's talking to them, and they don't even know. They're down, and man, all of their hopes and all of their ands have been dashed. They, they've all been thrown under the bus. They, it, it, it was just over. Everything was over. Everything was bad. Nothing's going to get better. And guess what? Here's what happens. Jesus begins to talk with them and walk with them and he tells us who he is why don't you some of you remember old songs like that and uh, and he's walking and he's talking and eventually they get to a place they're getting ready to eat and and they say to Jesus they say you know here's the thing um, I, why don't you just stay with us and eat they didn't know but they were having this good conversation I just want you to know that when you don't see Jesus, I want you to understand that even when you can't see him, that he is always within reach. He is always walking with you. He is always right there beside you. You may not even know it. Sometimes you might be thinking, I don't see Jesus in this situation, and you're always down in the dumps because your ends are not being met, but Jesus is right there with you. about to have an aha moment they sat down to eat and it says there in this chapter that as they sat down to eat that Jesus he sat down before them and, and something all I can call it is, is magical is about to happen it, it's in verse it's in verse 30 it, it says when he was at the table this is Jesus when he, Jesus was at the table with them he took bread he gave thanks and broke it and begun and began to give it to them. <laughs> Can you imagine? Once again, Jesus at the table. You know, in this world, uh, things would probably go faster than on email or, or through Facebook. And they knew about this Last Supper. They knew some things that were going on. And, and something magical happened when he began and he just broke this bread. Because it says in the next verse that when he broke the bread, they realized who Jesus was. 
I just wonder if the flood of emotion came over them as they began to see that bread being torn apart and they saw that bread being torn apart and as it was torn apart that what happened was basically this they began to see the body of the Lord Jesus Christ on that cross once more they began to see him be pierced they began to see that he was hurt and he was bruised and he was pierced and he was nailed and and everything else that happened and by his stripes we are healed and all of those prophecies began to run through their head and all of a sudden aha there was Jesus what an amazing time it had to be. I don't know about you, but in the midst of life and all of our ands, I hope that we will have that aha moment where all we see is Jesus. Whatever your hurt, whatever your pain, Whatever the situation, I want you to understand that you are not beyond the reach of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, you may not realize it, but he's been walking with you through the pain and through the hurt and through all of the things that you've written down here and whatever you're feeling right now in your heart, he's walking with you through it even if you don't see him. Do you understand? So today... For my everything. I give my total hope, all of my dreams, all of my future, all of my past, all of my hurts, all of my hopes, and it's all in Jesus. And trust me, I'm just human. I have my ups and downs. I have my days when I'm like, oh man, why am I, why am I doing this? I do it for Jesus. Do it for Jesus. I love him. I love the people he loves. I love this world that he died for. I do what I do for Jesus. One day, we're all going to have an aha moment. <laughs> even if you, even if you said, "I don't believe there is a God," oh, you're going to have an aha moment. Amen. You might say, you know, I. I'm in a place right now in my life where you know, I, I, I know there's Jesus, but yeah, I, I don't really believe he's going to get me through this situation. I want you to know today that there is a day coming, whether you want it to come or not, whether this world wants it to come or not, when every knee will bow, where every tongue will confess, where every heart will pledge its allegiance to Jesus and to Jesus alone. Oh, can I get an amen? Because I'm telling you what, that's good preaching whether you like it or not. Because Jesus is everything, and I'm going to be just like one of the women that came back from the tomb. I'll be kind of just chuckling if you say, oh, no, he's not. probably won't be. That could be a day of real sorrow and mourning, but I want you to know you don't have to mourn today. 
whatever it is that you've written down, even right now upon your heart, whatever that stone is in your life that needs to be rolled away, you don't have to mourn about it anymore because Jesus is risen. There's something bigger on the horizon, and I guarantee you this, that his plans and his purposes will always prevail. He prevails. Jesus wins. I've read the end. He prevails. So today, can we say together, Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. I hope that means more to you after hearing these words than ever before. I hope right now that you're hearing and just feeling on your heart uh, just, a, just an emphasis and maybe just an impetus to do things that you just never even thought of before. I hope that right now you're feeling a challenge in your life to take you in a direction. I don't care if you're 88 years old. You're not too old to be beyond the reach of Jesus. He can still use you. I don't care if you're eight months old because God's got a plan for that eight-month-old in their life, and we need to invest in them. But I tell you this, every knee, every time. I'm going to start now. How about you? Because I believe. I believe. Today, the worship team come up. I just, in the silence of this moment, I'm going to invite you, if you want to come up here, you can knock all those bags off of there. That's fine with me. Um, and uh, whatever you, just, if you want to come to the, the altar, it's your invitation. Why not start now? Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. We serve a risen Savior. And yes, as the song says, he is in the world even today. Why not start now? Bowing before our Lord. You'll stand with me as we close with this song together. I am so thankful for you. And I wish you the best Easter ever. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand and start to fall All those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus The life I built came crashing to the ground
Jesus is everything you need, and he's always enough. And when you don't think that he's right there with you, I can guarantee you, I'd stake my life on it, he's right there even when you don't see him. Uh, as you leave today, I want you to know that he's walking with you, he's talking with you, and he is telling you, even if you all right, you just listen close enough, that you are his own. God bless you on this wonderful Easter day. Say hello to the people on the way going out. Tell them it's the best service you've ever heard. They're in for this, the greatest thing that they've ever, they've ever had. It's going to be amazing. And, and just shake their hand, give them a big hug. And even if you want to, scare them and give them a kiss and a little bit of COVID. All right, we'll talk to you later. God bless you. You're dismissed in God's love.